Good morning. It's Friday and this is Finger Lakes Today, sponsored by DeSanto Propane. I'm Jim Sinecropi. And I'm Sydney Radka. And coming up today, we have Anway Law from It's a Wonderful Life Museum in studio. Jim Sinecropi is going to be talking to us about his spicy lobster or a chetty and what's cooking. And we're going to recap a busy night in local high school basketball, preview the weekend ahead. And of course, we're going to talk about Super Bowl Sunday. But first, let's talk about the weather. So, Jim, how is it looking? It's wild. Wild. All I right. Mean, for Can't February, wait. it's just wild. The the warmth, and we have been pretty wet, but it's actually going to dry up a little bit heading forward. And we Beautiful. have we're like a month and a half ahead of schedule here with this forecast. Uh, today will be cloudy after these morning showers kind of move out high of 41. Windy with gusts as high as 32 miles per hour. And then rain moves in again after 4 p.m., which will turn to snow overnight with a low of 26. Likely not much measurable accumulation and then saturday those early morning snow showers will give way to afternoon sun with a high of 35 degrees southwest winds around 10 miles per hour super sunday will be super pleasant <laughs> sunny and a high of 45 super pleasant that for february pleasant. i don't know if we'd like that forecast in june but no nope. uh, for february that is super pleasant and then heading into next week uh things get just continue to be unseasonably warm uh, Monday, partly sunny with a high of 46. Tuesday, partly sunny with a high of 45. And then Wednesday, high of 53. Wow. I love it. Did you notice it all? Were you driving around last night and it was so sunny and beautiful out? I felt like it was like the first sunset I've seen in a while. Yeah, the rain kind of stopped and the roads were still wet and everything but the sun was out and it did feel some nice um, rainbows spring like a beautiful rainbow in seneca falls i saw i'm sure you could see it from all over the region but i saw it at my house from the start to the finish oh yeah yeah i saw some pictures they looked beautiful so good stuff um here in a time of year when we're usually in a deep freeze and underneath uh several inches if not feet of snow so for more information and to continue following this uh unseasonably warm trend and the latest forecast and live radar images head over to the fingerlakes1.com local weather center and uh, now we'll take a look at this morning's top local headlines starting with uh, the historic english style red telephone booth that has been located in the downtown area of watkins glen maybe some of you have seen it there it is uh, if you've been down in watkins glen has been relocated to a new spot across the street, according to an announcement from the village. The bright red booth, which has been located outside of the Roosterfish Brewing Pub for several decades, has now been relocated to the Watkins Glen Area Chamber of Commerce. Okay. The relocation was prompted by the recent closure of the Roosterfish Pub, which resulted in the sale of its items, including the red telephone booth. Aww. And the Chamber of Commerce quickly acquired the booth to preserve a piece of village history. Not sure what the chamber paid for it, but uh, a similar booth was recently sold in Virginia for $3,000. Wow. It's cool. It's, you know, you feel like you're taking a step back in time when you see those, for sure. Yeah, or you're in, like, like London. Yeah, right. It has a British feel to it. Um, Doctor Who, anybody watch Doctor Who? I heard of it, never watched I it. I never really watched a lot of it, too, but they was a telephone. Yeah, tele that was like a big part of it. Time travel, like going in the telephone booth. I don't know if the Watkins Glen telephone booth has any time 
we travel try capabilities, it out. but I wish it did. Yeah. This one's very interesting to hear. An analysis by the Associated Press, Stanford University's big local news project, and education professor Thomas D found that 240,000 students in 21 states have vanished from school roles during COVID-19 pandemic, and they just never returned. This is likely just a fraction of the actual number, as this only covers the students who did not move out of state, sign up for a private school, or continue on with homeschooling. New York alone saw more than 132,000 students leave public schools in the 2020-2021 or 21-2022 school years, and private school they saw a decline as well of about 8,000 students. That data also shows that homeschooling increased dramatically, adding more than 21,000 students. Yeah, I thought this was a supernatural science fiction element when you said they vanished, but yeah. they basically <laughs> just didn't come back to school. Yeah, when I first read it, I was like, where are they vanishing to? But yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. I think um, the parents, that's taken on a huge role um, of homeschooling for sure that's a whole nother level yeah but you certainly miss out on the social elements that i think you need to um be successful in this world i suppose but it's also interesting to think that oh i mean these homeowners are they're homeschooling are still paying school taxes mm. so that actually tends to be a i would think it would be a benefit to the school district with less <laughs> students to serve but the same amount of money but yeah. um, class sizes have been declining, and we've talked about it extensively at FingerLakes1.com. We'll keep up on that. I'm sure we'll uh, get better numbers as the years go on to find out what actually the effect was on from COVID-19 pandemic in schools. Have you ever seen the marijuana store shed in Seneca Falls and on Lower Lake Road Spur with the green lights? Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to guess the name because I don't want to say the wrong name. Well, I'll tell you here in a second. The Cuga Nation uh, recently won an appeal at the Appellate Division's 4th Department regarding an illegal cannabis business that operates from a shed in a residential zone on Lake Road in Seneca Falls. The Cuga the Nation and two nearby non-native homeowners sued the town of Seneca Falls and Carlin Seneca John, the operator of the business known as Grandma, Grandma. Approved mm -hmm. Sovereign Trades, for violating the town's zoning code. The suit alleges that the town of Seneca Falls has not enforced its own zoning code and that the business, which sells marijuana from a front lawn shed on a residential street, is illegal. Seneca John, who is a Cuga Nation citizen, is operating the business without the sanction of the nation, and the Seneca County Supreme Court initially dismissed the case, finding that the nation and local homeowners did not have the right to file suit. However, the appellate division reversed the lower court's decision unanimously. Clint Halftown, the nation's federal representative, stated that the nation enforces its own laws to regulate businesses on their reservation and expects municipalities to do the same. The nation has also taken action against Seneca John through their own court system, issuing a judgment against him for significant monetary penalties. Halftown added, now that the appellate division has confirmed the suit must go forward in state Supreme Court, the nation remains hopeful that the town will take action to shutter this business and return peace to this residential area. Jeez. Yes, I have heard of that one, and I have seen it around. So um, interesting. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have more information on that one as well. There's so much going around with the cannabis businesses opening and closing and being you know, state-regulated or not lately that... It's going to continue on for a while, I'm sure. But quick draw. 
Yeah. You this ever play one, quick draw? I sure do. So, I mean, not as much as some people that I know in my life, but I'm interested to find Maybe out what she did. Maybe able to play did. more places coming up here. New York Governor Kathy Hochul has presented her 23-24 executive budget plan. It seeks to eliminate two restrictions on the New York Lottery's quick draw game. Currently, quick draw can only be played in facilities with a minimum size of 2,500 square feet, which the State Division of Budget claims is limiting the number of eligible licensed agents and reducing earnings. The proposal aims to remove this provision, leading to an estimated increase of $11 million in revenue for the 2023-24 fiscal year and $22 million annually in future years. Quick Draw is one of the most popular games offered by the New York Lottery, generating $663.5 million in total sales in 2021-22 fiscal year, with $202.2 million directed towards supporting New York schools. Yeah. Basically. It's crazy to see how many people just sit there and they play Quick Draw and they play Quick Draw. So people like that, this is great. And I honestly, after reading this this morning, I didn't know how much actually goes towards supporting New York schools. I guess if you look at it that way, if you are addicted to this quick draw game, you're helping, maybe. It's just another form of taxation, <laughs> in my opinion, except it's voluntary. Right, yeah, absolutely. Unlike other taxes, which are mandatory. Right. So that's some of our big news that we have this morning. After the break, we're going to have Anway Law from It's a Wonderful Life Museum with us live in studio. You're watching Finger Lakes today on FingerLakes1.com. Dr. Jeffrey Halstead has been Canandaigua's hometown dentist for more than 35 years. Canandaigua Dentistry offers routine dental care, as well as cosmetic dentistry, implants, and dentures from a highly trained, experienced staff. A proud supporter of local veteran organizations, Canandaigua Dentistry offers veteran and senior discounts, as well as an in-house dental membership program for people without insurance. Dr. Halstead and Canandaigua Dentistry is committed to providing you with personal, professional care. Whether you are searching for a family dentist or a cosmetic dentist, the Canandaigua Dentistry team promises to go the extra smile for you. Stop by the office located at 3240 Middle Cheshire Road in Canandaigua or call 585-394-5230 to talk with the team today. Visit www.canandaguadentistry.com to learn more and find them on Facebook and Instagram, too. Oh, 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 DeSanto, oh, 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 DeSanto. Since 1937, the difference has been DeSanto Propane. That's 80 years that DeSanto Propane has been servicing the community. DeSanto Propane is four generations strong as a trustworthy family-owned business, which is why everyone recommends DeSanto Propane. Choose DeSanto today and see why for 80 years DeSanto Propane has been heating the community with unmatched customer service. Go online at DeSantoPropane.com or call toll-free 1-800-227-8000. 
800-752-4574. And like DeSanto Propane on Facebook for more tips and info today. DeSanto is celebrating 80 years, and there's never been a better time to switch to propane to fuel your entire house. Oh, oh, oh. Since 1937, the difference has been DeSanto Propane. Today's program is brought to you thanks to support from Cicino's Pizzeria and Restaurant. Live, laugh, and eat well. It's the Italian way. It's the Cicino's way. Auburn Auto Group. Experience the difference at auburnautogroup.com. Finger Lakes Partners. Insurance for your life, home, auto, and future. Get a free quote at fingerlakesinsurance.com. Little John and Barbie Orthodontics. Celebrating over 40 years. Visit them online at littlejohnortho.com. Upstate Fiber Networks. Fast and reliable fiber internet straight to your home. Check for availability in your area at upstatefibernetworks.com. Midday Miris and Ricky, your hometown personal injury attorneys. Get a free consultation at midaymirisricky.com. And welcome back inside the FingerLakes1.com studios. It's Finger Lakes today. It's Friday. It's Super Bowl weekend. I'm Jim Sinecropi alongside Sydney Radka. And if you remember just, uh, geez, how long now? About two months, about two full months ago, the It's a Wonderful Life Festival was held again in Seneca Falls, New York, a very popular event as usual. And one of the centerpieces of that event would be the It's a Wonderful Life Museum, which has tons of uh, memorabilia, history, and also coordinates a lot of the uh, events here in Seneca Falls that are surrounded by Frank Capra's classic holiday movie, It's a Wonderful Life, and we're happy to be welcomed by Anwe Law from the It's a Wonderful Life Museum, who's joining us in studio because they have an open house coming up, um, and share some of the details with us. Yeah, good morning. Good, good morning. morning. So, um, as some people know, we've moved to a temporary location at 76 Fall Street. Mm -hmm. It's where the old uh, National Women's Hall of Fame used to be. Um, but so we're preparing our original location, 32 Fall Street, for major construction. Um, we got a um, grant as part of the DRI awesome. uh, for Seneca Falls. Congrats. And so we thought it would be nice to give people an opportunity to see the interior of the museum, at least part of it, before that construction begins. And we still have some, um, quite a few exhibits and things about the, our vision for the future that are up, we're, were put up for the festival. Okay. And so before we take those down in the next next week or week after, um, we thought we'd welcome people to come in and see how it is now, see how it's going to be, and um, just get a look at this magnificent building. And it is amazing how many people, um, for, for a movie that is now, geez, how old's the movie? 70? Well, this will be the 77th anniversary. 77th oh, anniversary. That still draws so many people. It just speaks right. to the message in the movie and the popularity of the movie. I mean, there really probably isn't another movie ever made that has that type of longevity and uh, draw to it. Um, and yeah, this uh, the museum. If you've never been, it has a bunch of you know really unique and um, one of a kind uh, memorabilia from the movie and interesting facts. And if you're so, if you're a movie fan and you haven't made the trip to Seneca Falls. Uh, you probably should, but uh, but the, the open house itself, when is it? So it's February 17th and 18th, Friday and Saturday. So we're just having an informal open house from 11 to 5 on those two days. People can just come in and walk, look around and ask us questions. And then on 
Friday the 17th, we're having a reception from 5 to 6.30 p.m. So they can also are welcome to come At the same location? Same location, okay. 32 Fall Street. And, um, yeah, so we hope people will come. I think it's, uh, it's an exciting time for our museum. I think it's an exciting time for Seneca Falls. Yep. And we just want, want people to be part of it. And on top of the museum, the actual building that it's in has some historical significance as well to Seneca Falls. It does. It was built in 1913 by Charles Farnese, and um, it's, it's a magnificent building, but it's been divided, subdivided over the years, and so you don't get an idea of how magnificent that building really is, mm -hmm. but the, our plan is to gut the building and only keep what's original, which wow. would be the walls and the roof. And that and the theater itself would be restored? Not well, the whole thing was a theater. Right. It held 467 people. That tells you how big the space yeah. is. But you wouldn't think it from the outside. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, and yeah. that's right. And so um, the inside will have a small theater. We're going to have a, a two-story island because you'll be able to see all the way up to the rafters. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, or that's our hope. And, um, and there'll be a two-story island that has a 47-seat theater, and it has lots of different areas for interpretation. We're going to recreate sets from the film, and we already have some preliminary designs for the inside by Caroline O'Donnell uh, uh, from Ithaca or Cornell. And also we have an architect working at uh, Barrow Associates on the outside. Um, we're going to try to make the look as much as it as like 1913 as it can, mm -hmm. with one special feature. We're going to make sure that the front doors can open, and um, in the event that one of the owners of the cars might want to display it there occasionally. So we could drive right in the front George's door. car or Ernie's taxi in the front door. So there'll mm -hmm. be a really nice ramp um, with some design elements around it and oh. that's something we have to plan for now so that sure. but otherwise we're going to kind of make it look like that 1913 movie theater and then you go inside and there'll be sets um, we'll recreate sets from the movie Gower's Drugstore we're going to have an anti-bullying exhibit um, okay. which will be Mr. Potter's office. The classic <laughs> scene where he puts George in that low chair right? and it, we all get put in those low chairs <laughs> yep. either I'm looking at this I one. Just <laughs> We're I'm, way I'm, up I'm here. kind of in a low chair right now, but anyway, uh, uh, either physically or sometimes mentally by what people say to us. And so we're going to use that set that scene, for um, an anti-bullying exhibit where we create the Bailey living room, mm. uh, Zuzu's room, and of course the bridge. And so it's going to be really, and then there's just lots of room. I think for us, the most important thing is the message of the movie. You were referring to that. Right. And it's it, Capra's message throughout his films about the equal importance of each individual. Right. And um, we're wor working with different people on that message to really, uh, you know, it's not just this movie. It's this movie that tells you that the person next to you is important and you're important. And there's a lot of implications for that for discussions of bullying or suicide prevention and things like that. So we're working with um, the Seneca County Suicide Prevention Coalition okay. um, on how to do some interpretation in meaningful ways. And, uh, you know, so I think that this, it fits into the message of Seneca Falls which is about the value of each person. Right. One person's life touches so many others. That's right. Is one of the themes of that movie. And um, 
Yeah, and I think that's what draws people to Seneca Falls and to the movie is is the connection to Christmas time. Obviously, is a big part of it too because I don't think because it comes around once a year. So, um, you know, you're not. Maybe I think that has a lot to do with the longevity. It's become a part of the Christmas season in America, and so. But it, it's more than just that Christmas connection. It is the the theme of the movie and the way it makes you feel and how it stands up for the little guy and how it's the community comes together to help uh, someone who's helped the community for so many years. And uh, it's uh, I think it's a message that resonates um, with with a lot of people in every community here in America. And so to be able to have a space um that really honors the movie and, and the, the museum has always been great i mean anybody that's come to town that's a fan of the movie just is it's like a kid in the candy store um looking at some of the things that were in there but it was always um smaller than maybe you wanted and as you accumulated mm -hmm. so much over the years uh, you probably ran out of places to put it yeah, yeah, that's why, um, you know, we have most of the things up at 76 Fall Street that we had on display. Mm -hmm. We have things that aren't on display, but there is more and more all the time. And um, because I always talk about that this museum is really a collective effort. It's, um, it, it's got fans involved finding things just like what was in the movie for when we recreate sets. Certainly the actors from the film have been instrumental. Uh, Carolyn Grimes, who played Zuzu, helped us start this museum. Mm -hmm. We started with one display case from the Historical Society and a wall of um, quotes from Frank Capra yep. and the story of Antonio Veracali, which is really the soul of the connection. Uh, between its right. wonderful life in Seneca Yeah, Falls. for those that don't know, on the bridge that many people feel inspired, Frank Capra, um, there's a plaque uh, from a former Seneca Falls resident, Antonio Vicarelli, who gave his life to save another who had fallen into the river below. Uh, so he jumped in to save him, not unlike Clarence the angel did. Fortunately, Antonio Brick. Veracali was not an angel. He was a human being, and he right. lost his life to save that other person, um, which uh, he's honored to this day with a plaque and a special day here in Seneca Falls. Um, so, yeah, that's, I mean, we could have a whole other conversation about the connections, you know, between Seneca Falls and the movie and why we're so um, sure that, that the Seneca Falls did inspire Frank Capra in, in the movie. But, um, but yeah, that's just, uh, and, and, and top of just being um, dis a place to display these things, you guys are kind of in charge of um, curating that connection to Seneca Falls as well. And it's evidenced by a lot of the things that are in the museum. Yeah, and I think that's why it's perfect to have this museum in the first theater mm -hmm. uh, built in Seneca Falls, built by the first Italian to <laughs> permanently settle here. And um, this is Frank Capra's favorite movie. You mm -hmm. know, what, what better place to have it? Plus, it's just this great space. And um, one of the things we're doing, we started during the festival, is we're creating a time capsule. That's capsule. what I was just going to bring. You're going to ask my me. favorite part. Yeah. I think my favorite part, you're always 
talking about the connection and roping it back into the community and bringing it back to Seneca Falls. So please tell people my favorite part of this event that you're having is the personal items that they're bringing. Yeah. Yeah. So it actually started because Jimmy Hawkins, who played Tommy Bailey, mm -hmm. at the, after the 75th anniversary, he says, okay, how about we just jump to the 100th anniversary? <laughs> because that way we can be around. And I said, well, I'm not mm -hmm. sure we can do that. But so the idea evolved to create a time capsule that would be opened on the 100th anniversary. And that way, he and Carolyn and others from the movie, uh, connected with the movie, uh, who come in, uh, Mary Owen brought some, a letter from her mother. Um, you know, they could, people can bring things in for this time capsule that will be opened in 2046. And I think it shows our firm belief that this movie is going to be celebrating its 100th anniversary. This museum will be alive and going at that time. Because when we first started this museum, Carolyn said, you know, this movie will never be outdated because the message is always going to be relevant. And I think we see that now mm -hmm. um, as much as ever. And so we're inviting people to bring something. Um, if they want, if they want to write something about what the movie means to them or what it means to Seneca Falls, or if they're a business or some organization and they want to just bring something representative of them at this time that then will be seen in, you know, 2046, they're welcome to do that. And we're going to, hopefully, uh, we're going to be building um, a safe like the Bailey Building and Loan mm -hmm. in the museum, which will then house that time capsule. That's so awesome. Yeah. And you, you think about it, you hear it, you're like, 2046, we got a ways God to go. Willing, I'll be 75 years old. But really, it's not that far away, and that is amazing. <laughs> we don't it's need to rush it. It's not that far. Yeah, it's not that far. But having a business or organization, like you said, even be able to write a note on how It's Wonderful Life has impacted their business opening, their staying in Seneca Falls, the way they view the community, I think that will be something super special to look forward to. It'll be interesting to think of what the town might look like in 23 years. Yeah, that it, it is um, crazy. Especially with about. some of the DRI stuff that's happening um, around town now. As part of that process, how has that gone? Was it frustrating? Was it easy? Uh, you know, the DRI Well, I don't grant. think anything's easy when you, you have to, you know, you this is a significant amount of money and mm -hmm. you have to do different things to to ensure that you're going to receive that money or the, follow the guidelines and all that so actually it's gone pretty well for us you know and um i think we're so grateful for it because this building is, is such a wonderful building, but it has serious problems. Mm -hmm. There's uh, Any, been as a most leak. 1913 buildings do, you know, that <laughs> yeah. were built over and 100 years we, ago. There's a big crack in the floor, and mm -hmm. we've been looking for several years as to what is causing that and some sinking. So this is going to take care of it and preserve this building and uh, for, for a long, long time to come. And I do want to just mention, uh, going back to the time capsule a little, we did pull together a group of younger people, knowing that many of us won't be able to deal. If we're around, we expect to be around, but uh, we got to make sure there's someone ready to open that time capsule. Sure. Right. And so Frank Capra's um, great-granddaughter, Hannah um, Capra Ermey, is has agreed to sort of coordinate that effort. Yeah. She was here, and we also have the... Uh, Charles Farnese's uh, 
great 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 <laughs> grandchildren i hmm. think and That's where are they where do they live now different places yeah i think one's in japan oh, but wow. uh but his uh his great granddaughter comes back here mm -hmm. a lot and we went also to see tom fornese who's the grandson of charles fornese um, in michigan several years ago and he had these amazing pictures of the theater being built Two oh, of them. Yeah. yeah. That's so awesome. that's um, really, really something because then you can see sort of how the depth of it. And, and did that, like those that. photos have anything to do with the plans that were developed? Like, N did you take any inspiration from them or learn anything that you might not have known? I think that we, pr I think we already had the idea t that we would gut the building. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but seeing those was incredible just to see. Um, okay, this is, it's, it's like how it's, how it's going to look. You're going to see, and people can see that, you know, we'll have all these things for people to look at and you can, you can just see how big this space is going to be and how much you can do with it. Yeah. That's the most exciting part. I think yeah. people who come here every <laughs> year and already, um, come to your museum now being able to see like the sets that are built and I don't know how interactive or not they'll be or if they're just walking by no. the sets, but going and being able to really feel like, oh my God, I'm in or this section Going back section in that same movie. building and all of a sudden now it's yeah. just kind of expanded in size beyond what they could have probably ever imagined. Right. Yeah, and something that's quite exciting is on our creative team is John Curry. And his father was Emil Curry, who was the set decorator for It's Wonderful Life. Oh my goodness. And so yeah. he worked with his dad. Oh, and he awesome. has a lot of memories and a lot of insights into what set decorators do to make it real for the audience. Of and course. so he's part of our creative team. I think that's a big thing that that's, um, the museum does, it has done, and will be able to even do a better job of in the future here, is letting people actually connect with something physical uh, from the movie. It, you know, it's for all the years you sit at home with your family and you watch this black and white or the colorized version you know movie that moves you so much and now all of a sudden you come to Seneca Falls and you can actually touch physical parts of that and so that this will should just enhance that experience and give people more of a reason to come yeah and this last year that's that's really true we you know people always go well you know when the actors can't come anymore and all this well I think they're going to be coming for quite a while um, but we also have um, this last year we recorded them in front of a green screen oh, two nice. of them Carolyn and Jimmy and they will always be there to welcome people that's to the awesome. museum and uh, they talked about different separately different things they remember and so I think that um, their presence and the presence of other people. We've done a lot of interviews. That's um, why it'll be great to have a theater. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that we have a great interview we did with Carol Coombs, who played Janie, back um, in for the 65th anniversary. And that's just another thing with all the folks um, mm -hmm. that were mostly child actors at the time mm -hmm. that have come to Seneca Falls and continue to come to Seneca Falls. Um, just another layer of how important and uh, the lasting impact of the work Frank Capra did on that on that movie. Um, so it's really, really changed uh, the trajectory of things here in Seneca Falls. That's for sure. It gives yeah. us a, a huge event in December, which mm -hmm. is a boost of business. And um, so you can residents can kind of return that favor by supporting the museum. Mm -hmm. uh, and one great way to do it would be to a week from today, right? Uh, would be this open house and it's a 
Yep. Going on, on again, was it Friday and Saturday? Set Friday and Saturday from 11 to 5, and then the receptions on Friday from 5 to 6.30. And what if someone had something unique to contribute to the time capsule? How would they go about doing Just that? Just bring it. Just bring it to mm -hmm. down to any time to the open house. Yeah. And okay. if anyone has any questions prior to this event, can they get a hold of you a specific way? Um, yes, our telephone number is 315-568-5838. Uh, or email is good. Um, you can contact us through the website or. You can see it right on the screen at the bottom there too. Yeah, Beautiful. So. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming in. It always is so interesting to hear about what you guys continue to do. And I'm excited for you guys to start, you know, gutting this and making it how you really want it to be. It's going to be beautiful, I'm sure. And having everybody part that's part of the movie generations down to be able to come and help and decorate and make this come to life is so exciting. Yep, it's great. It's um, my favorite movie and it's just lucky to be here in Seneca Falls yeah. where uh, where we where I really believe that we, you know, it's helped inspire the movie. Yeah. So thank you again for joining us this morning. Welcome. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be talking local sports, Super Bowl Sunday and Jim is going to show us how he makes his spicy lobster or a chetty. Stay tuned. Since 1937, the difference has been DeSanto Propane. That's 80 years that DeSanto Propane has been servicing the community. DeSanto Propane is four generations strong as a trustworthy family-owned business, which is why everyone recommends DeSanto Propane. Choose DeSanto today and see why for 80 years, DeSanto Propane has been heating the community with unmatched customer service. Go online at DeSantoPropane.com or call toll-free 1-800-752-4000. 574 and like DeSanto Propane on Facebook for more tips and info today. DeSanto is celebrating 80 years and there's never been a better time to switch to propane to fuel your entire house. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, DeSanto. Since 1937, the difference has been DeSanto Propane. Dr. Jeffrey Halstead has been Canandaigua's hometown dentist for more than 35 years. Canandaigua Dentistry offers routine dental care, as well as cosmetic dentistry, implants, and dentures from a highly trained, experienced staff. A proud supporter of local veteran organizations, Canandaigua Dentistry offers veteran and senior discounts, as well as an in-house dental membership program for people without insurance. Dr. Halstead and Canandaigua Dentistry is committed to providing you with personal, professional care. Whether you are searching for a family dentist or a cosmetic dentist, the Canandaigua Dentistry team promises to go the extra smile for you. Stop by the office located at 3240 Middle Cheshire Road in Canandaigua or call 585-394-5230 to talk with the team today. Visit www.canandaiguadentistry.com to learn more and find them on Facebook and Instagram too. Today's program is brought to you thanks to support from Chichino's Pizzeria and Restaurant. Live, laugh, and eat well. 
It's the Italian way. It's the Chichino's way. Auburn Auto Group. Experience the difference at auburnautogroup.com. Finger Lakes Partners. Insurance for your life, home, auto, and future. Get a free quote at fingerlakesinsurance.com. Little John and Barbie Orthodontics. We're celebrating over 40 years. Visit them online at littlejohnortho.com. Upstate Fiber Networks. Fast and reliable fiber internet straight to your home. Check for availability in your area at upstatefibernetworks.com. Midday Miris and Ricky, your hometown personal injury attorneys. Get a free consultation at midaymirisricky.com. Hey, happy Friday, everybody. It's Finger Lakes today here on FingerLakes1.com. I'm Jim Sinecropi alongside Sydney Radka and uh, had a big night in high school basketball last night. Got more Looks big like games it. coming up uh, on the next couple of days, uh, tonight and Saturday. Super Bowl Sunday, of course, is going on. And the uh, Football Hall of Fame enlisted their class of uh, 2023 uh I think it was 2023, right? Not 2024. 2022, I think, is the way they do it. No, anyway. I'm not sure what it's considered, actually, to be honest. They were giving all the awards in the beginning before I fell asleep. They were saying 2022. And I was confused at first, but TJ told me that that was correct. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know about at the end if they changed it to 2023 for the actual Hall of Fame. Yeah, the the Hall of Fame is 23. Yeah, class of 23. It's the year you get inducted. I fell asleep after after the first half. I didn't watch any of it. I didn't either. (laughs) Kyle Evans had some good uh, clips on the Finger Lakes One Sports TikTok. I did. I I saw So, um, you know, they gave DeMar. They recognized DeMar Hamlin. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, he actually came out. Yeah, which yeah. was really cool. It's awesome to see. They were him. like, "He's alive!" Yeah, he's made an he's made an amazing uh, sort of recovery. Yeah, I even saw some doctors talking about that he could play football again. Wow, I always know, that's thought still, he would. Because that's still down the road, of course. But yeah, yeah next season, cool. hopefully, right? Right. Oof. I mean, I, I never scary. I I always thought that you know once he started recovering, that of, he of course would play football again because it wasn't that type of. Uh, you know, debilitating physical injury. It was right. You know, and there we weren't sure at first. And the the gentleman who uh, revived Demar on the field got an, uh, an MVP vote, which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah, um, huh. he got a fifth place. Uh, one of the writer, one of the writers, I believe it was, uh, I can't remember her name from ESPN. Susie's her first name. Should so she, uh, she, yeah, they gave her a fifth. They gave him a fifth place vote in MVP, which is really, which is really. I wonder cool. how Patrick Mahomes feels about that. It doesn't. I mean, that's a fifth place vote. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. really hold a ton of right. weight. In yeah. terms of, and he, he ran away with Patrick Mahomes. He ran away with the MVP vote anyway. Too. Second, it wasn't close. second career MVP for Patrick Mahomes, and yep. he's got, of course, one more game to play Sunday. And he could season. win. A, he could win two Super Bowls and two MVPs. Before, what is he? Twenty five before the age of twenty six. That's crazy. It's pretty amazing. I did like some of the little jokes that they make, you know, sometimes they're super corny, but she was making a joke about Purdy and was like, you can't even rent a car yet. Like, (laughs) I mean, good for you for doing what you did. And then they made a shout out to um, the two brothers, mom, and said Mm -hmm. that she single-handedly made the Super Bowl happen this year, which was, you know, (laughs) cute. I love those little corny Well, why don't we start off with the... Football Hall of Fame inductees, there was a list of eight, right, guys? I think it was eight eight inductees. Something like that, yeah. I don't have the list um, in front of me. Yeah, I know Joe I, Thomas we, got in. Yeah, I don't want to get into too much. Joe Klecko was a big one here yeah. for, for um, Draw Revis. Jets fans uh, from the former New York 
SAC Exchange. I don't know if you guys remember that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. But uh, Mark Gastineau, Joe Klecko, um, I don't remember the other guys, but uh, going back to the 1980s, pr pr pretty much other than Joe Namath's uh, Super Bowl win, um, the only good era in Jets history <laughs> was probably <laughs> the 80s. Uh, but... Um, I was disappointed that Dwight Freeney didn't get it. I mean, are you kidding me? This was his first ballot. I mean, I think he's certainly a first ballot Hall of Famer, right? Yeah. Paul, well, how do you feel? I'm a big beef anyway with the football hall because they don't have um, one of the greatest offensive linemen of in in Joe Jacoby, uh, and that's been long overdue. But uh, that's a little bit of bias. But yeah, I mean, uh, um, I I I understand how you can put Demarcus Ware in first ballot, but not Dwight Freeney in first ballot. So yeah, it's disgusting. I. Uh, they're always going to take the cowboy. That's what it is. So, well, that's not really the point. I mean, if that's the case, Freeney played on arguably the the people's team of the era on the Peyton Manning led Colts for yeah. his whole career. The people's much, team so. of the era. There's but always cowboy I'm bias, just, though. Well, That'll always saying, happen. I mean, it, it, the amount of people who just love the Colts because they were led by Peyton Manning. Our own Josh Durso. So, I mean, <laughs> he's a big Peyton Manning fan. There's that. So, yeah, it's just the same usual stuff that we discuss with. Really, it's any Hall of Fame at this point, right? It's who, who's got the better relationships with who and whatever else. So it's whatever. I. Yeah, no, I, I'm not a huge fan of Hall of Fames um, for that particular reason. The Hall of Very Good. Yeah, yeah right. Turning into. And, and that is a big class in the Hall of Fame. Any, anyways, um, <laughs> let's shift it back locally here. And there was two... Uh, last night, three games that we had our eye on. Two big Finger Lakes East boys games, one big um, Wayne County girls game. So how do they all play out? Yeah, we'll start in the boys' uh, section of things. Uh, Wayne took down Paul Mack, which is really, really huge news. 14-9.5 was the score. 14-9, was yeah. it? Wow. <laughs> you want to talk about a uh, slog of a first half in Palmyra. Um, fourteen to nine and a half. Well, we uh, know Paul Mack plays such good defense too. Yeah, that, that's part, part of it. it. But they held Wayne to nine first half points and eventually lost the game. They were oh, they were up fourteen nine. Okay. Yeah, Paul Mack was wow. up fourteen to nine and a half. Lost the game. Um, I, I was watching it, uh, and Ian Goodness hit a, a pretty crazy desperation three uh, with about six seconds left to cut it to three, and um, but Wayne was able to hold it. Hold it off and hold them off for the win. Great job by uh, Billy Thompson's uh, boys, uh, only scoring nine points in the first half, but able to win the game. But of course, they held Palmac to only 14 points. But um, yep. low scoring game, but huge game because Palmac had um, been tied with Newark in the uh, loss column in the Finger Lakes East. And so that meant now if Newark was able to beat Waterloo last night, that Newark would take sole possession of first place in the Finger Lakes East by a game, which they did. They handled right. Waterloo relatively easily. But it was tied at the half that game. Yep, 22-22 at the half. And so then, Waterloo put up a little bit of a fight, but yeah, Newark pulled yeah. away in the second half. A couple nice dunks in there. One nice dunk, one nice missed dunk uh, in that one. But, yeah, I had both those games up side to side on YouTube uh, a big night for the Finger Lakes East. So Newark takes sole control of the uh, Finger Lakes East. If they win out now, they, they'll, they'll win the league. And um, they also have moved into uh, first place in the Class B1 sectional standings. And uh, and also the win by Wayne does keep them alive. They're just a game back now, as is Pell Max. So they pull even with uh, 
with uh, Wayne and Pelmacker are both a game back of Newark in the Finger Lakes East. Yeah, it's so interesting with Newark. You know, we talked about early in the year before the year really even started that Newark was probably our favorite, right? Yeah. And then you got into the season and they didn't start their best. You know, they lost a pretty double-digit loss in Waterloo. They had some injuries, of course, you know, Braden Steve and a couple other guys. And now look at their driver's seat, you know, about a month and month and a half later. So that's pretty cool I've seen that play cool out before with Newark. They usually schedule tough and yeah. tend to get better as the season goes on, but definitely bodes well um, heading into the postseason to play your best basketball in February rather than November. Um, but then the girls' side, East Rochester took on Clyde, yeah. who was reeling a little bit after the loss to Lions. And, um, and Gananda. Oh, and Gananda, yeah. yeah, and now they lost East Rochester as well. Pretty so. big lot. It was 49-22, yeah, too. Close. So pretty uh, Now that puts ER sort of in the driver's seat. Lions is kind of there, too, as well. And Gananda, of Gananda. course. So still still a busy Wayne County girls league. But, but yeah, what a Clyde statement win for the Bombers. out of contention. Yeah, it looks to be yeah. you know three straight losses this week. Um, definitely makes it tougher. But, yeah, the Bombers, that's a team we, we talked about early in the year that we thought would be the Wayne County champions just with their success last year and, and bringing back a lot of their players. But a little bit of a, a maybe sounded sort of like Newark, you know, a little bit of a rocky start in league play and now kind of uh, playing their best basketball when you should towards the end of the season. Right. Um, so what do we got going on tonight and Saturday? Um, tonight there's more more Finger Lakes East games um, since there was that snowstorm last week. So Waterloo is in Wayne. Um, let's see here. Geneva taking on Whitman. And then over in the Finger Lakes West, Honeyoy, South Seneca, and then back here in Minders, they're taking on Palmac. The, um, so Palmac doesn't want to Actually, they're in Palmac. The boys are there. Yeah. The girls are here. Palmac does not want to slip up again um, with the loss to Minders, who's only won three games this year. So right. they're heavily favored. And same thing with Wayne. They don't want. They could potentially lose this game to Waterloo, yep. which would put a damper on their big win last night. So a lot of action. And then um, on the other side, the girls, Palmac girls, upset Waterloo last week. Yep. Um, and now, um, you know, Minders coming in a team that I think it was close down the stretch. The first it was very close. Yeah, I was at that game. Um, yeah. They had a really good chance. Um, Matty Verkey had some big threes towards the end of that third quarter. And um, I, I don't. I think it was probably like a five or seven point game, but it was even closer than that. Um, so I, I would expect the Blue Devils to play well. I thought they played well against Waterloo. Uh, Waterloo, just a really, really good team, and you know, since they've lost, yeah, Miners needs on that marquee win, though. They yeah. need to. They, how they need it? I don't know how bad they need it. They're not going to win the league. They're still a high seed in Class B two. Yep, they got a really good chance in B two. I think. I think for you know mental purposes and momentum, mm -hmm. they they need to beat a team like Pelmac, a team that maybe they're not f favored against. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they do beat the Red Raiders tonight. That'll be. Interesting to see for sure. And then also, uh, not all the action was happening on the court uh, in high school basketball yesterday. There's uh, some action on Facebook. Um, I won't go into too many details, except there was quite an argument about uh, who was the best player in Wayne County. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking not, not about. Not just yeah. the league, but just Wayne County in general. And yep. um, I didn't get involved in it, but they were arguing, and nobody mentioned Ian Goodness. So, yes, me and goodness is the best player in Wayne County, but that's I think maybe there. maybe because he's not in that league is that why? Well, his no, name's because not mentioned, argument, there were some Newark Newark and Lions people were kind of debating it. I'll take JC. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a, certainly. I mean, I don't like discussions like this because Rayshon Howard's also a good player. Well, though, right, so you could say it's that it's, there's so many kids involved. And, right, um, you know who's better. 
I don't know. Can two guys be good and one not be better than the other? How do you yeah. actually know? What do you want us to do? Set up a one-on-one tournament? And the other thing about it is, <laughs> a lot of this was adults talking about kids, and course, that's bias, just it's a though. bad look. There's a bias too. Yeah, I bet um, you if you ask the kids, they they go there. They just want to go play. <laughs> yeah, or they buy into you know they instead of just going and playing, they start buying into the stuff that these you know adults are talking about. But on the thread, there was a lot of former players too that were chiming <laughs> in. And anyways. Uh, don't I heard about that thread. I'll, I'll have to go look at that after. I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> I, saw, I saw. I saw part sure of maybe a lot of people will that are watching this. <laughs> um, good it's luck good finding tease. it. I'm not going to give you any more information than that. But uh, <laughs> I'll try to pry it out of you after the show. <laughs> <laughs> so another sure sign of spring, guys. Uh, lacrosse is underway. Syracuse Ooh. beat Vermont, the men, um, for their first win last week, and they're back in action tonight at six o'clock in the JMA Wireless Dome against Albany. And then tomorrow, the SU women uh, kick off their season against uh, Northwestern at noon. That's a battle of top five ranked teams in the country. And I'm going to be there bringing my daughter and some of her friends up. Uh, and uh, it's, it's the best part about a girls lacrosse game in the Dome or even a, a men's lacrosse game is uh, great seats. Right. Yeah. Not, yeah. not a lot of traffic, great seats, mm-hmm. but the nachos are still the same. And, <laughs> and uh, so looking forward to spending mm, some nachos. time in the Dome tomorrow. But also locally, Hobart opens their season Saturday at noon against Canisius inside their Sports dome. Uh, it's not quite as big as the right. GMA Wireless Dome, but we've it, talked about good weather this weekend, though, and it's going to be a little drier. Is there any chance they play outside? I don't know. It's scheduled to be inside the sports dome, but I right. would, I would. Saturday is not going to be the warmest day. It's going to be of, of all the days coming up in the next week. Saturday is going to be the coldest. I would think if it's not raining though and it's pretty dry out, yeah. then they'll play outside, right? No matter the weather. I have no idea. There's no participation That's a question. No, maybe they, for uh, they won't logistically. They can't switch it back at this point. Hmm. hmm. They're, they're might as well play outside. It's going to be closer to 40. You might as well play outside, right? Well, I, it, it's just a matter of equipment and logistics at that point. So oh, It's always that plus, darn logistics. And I don't want to well, be that guy either, but if you gave me the option, even at this stage, inside or outside, I'll take inside. <laughs> it is different, though. Um, I guess Kanisha, you know, I don't know what Kanisha's home turf is, but playing inside on artificial turf rather than outside on grass. Right. Canisius is, is artificial. He's a bit early. Yeah. yeah. But it's an outdoor smaller facility, too. obviously, right? Uh, that part I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Come on, Paul. Well, I'll be in the comfy confines of the JMA wireless dome. <laughs> Maybe you'll see a win, too, unlike the basketball team. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the thing is, like, you know, if there's one national title contender in this area for any sports, it's the women's lacrosse team mm-hmm. at Syracuse. Oh, and, of course, the men's soccer team right. at Syracuse, who obviously won the national championship uh, just a couple months ago. But um, also locally on lacrosse action, Cornell uh, opens their season Saturday at noon at home versus Colgate in Ithaca. So three home games for the three local Division One lacrosse teams. That's awesome. Um, this weekend. And, again, another sign of spring. I mean, by the time these teams' season ends, school's out. Right. And that was the hard thing at Syracuse, um, when, especially when I was there. The men's lacrosse team was dominant, and we won a couple national titles at my time there. But I was always home, and all of my friends w- and students were home for summer vacation by the time they won it. So you didn't have that big, you know, campus-wide celebration of a national mm. title that you right. would have for other sports. Right. So, um, but one more thing to talk about. Uh, there's another game this weekend. It's Sunday at uh, 6.30, I think, on Fox. It's the Super Bowl, right? Philadelphia versus Kansas City. Is that who's playing? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys willing to... Uh, 
do a bold prediction right here, right now on the show. Yeah, we had our betting preview yesterday where we kind of put it on the line. But I, th I think even more so than yesterday during our betting prediction, I really like the Eagles. As a matter of fact, I'm starting to become confident where I don't think it's going to be um, as close as uh, maybe I did even yesterday. Got the best Ooh. defense in the league. Um, I don't think that. Kansas City's offensive line is going to be able to handle it. And then on the other side of the ball, Kansas City starts three rookies in their secondary. And Philadelphia has weapons. The only X factor still remains, you know, Patrick Mahomes, the NFL MVP, and right. Andy Reid. Uh, you know, and both teams are 16-3 and three on the year. So, of course, uh, Jalen Hurts missed some time uh, at the end of the season, but he seems to be back to He's 100%. Patrick Mahomes, there's questions if he's 100% yet, probably not. So my bold prediction is Eagles um, by uh, by m more than one score. When it comes Ooh. down the end, not, you're not going to see Mahomes driving down to get into field goal range to tie it. Let's put it that way. I think it'll be decided before the final drive. Uh, both teams score over 30 points. That's my Ooh. bold prediction. I think yeah, it's got I a high-scoring Super Bowl. I feel like I am going towards the Eagles as well, but I, when I made my bold prediction, I thought it was going to be by one touchdown, and that was it. And then I was having flashbacks of that Patriots game where Tom Brady came back and scored however many points. And 28-3. I think I would... I was having that because it was on one of our TikToks. Mm -hmm. They were showing some. Yeah, of Kyle the, posted uh, it a couple days ago. They they were the Falcons. Yep. Yeah. Well, I. Uh, <laughs> what you, unbelievable. Yeah, it was. But I yeah. kind of thought like there could be maybe a little bit of something like that going on. Yeah, I know. I don't think I. Uh, anything could happen. NFL likes to make it exciting. Paul, your your final prediction here for Super Sunday. Neither Kelsey gets a touchdown. Uh, <laughs> well, that's wow. Good, so, but. Yeah, I, I, as I said yesterday, I'm rolling 27-17 Eagles. So. Oh, he's even got yeah. the score locked in. So I'm rolling with. So you got it as a uh, two-score game as well yes, for correct. the Eagles. Okay. Rihanna's um, And what's everybody's out. plans? Yeah, the Super Bowl halftime show, which I don't get excited about as other people. It's more of like a, it's a stage production. It's not like music. It's, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's fine. I enjoy I them still. I'm excited because she's like, what are you going to do? You better do something like kind of bold because it's been, what, six years since mm -hmm. you've performed? So I'm interested to see. And she does have some great songs that will bring oh. you back to your high school yeah. days. Not my high school days. Not, no, I'm talking to our age here. Sydney, what do you think she opens with? You Needed Me. I feel like Ooh, that would make sense, you know, because she's like, hey, I'm – feeling cocky and i'm back and you needed me i've always thought it was please don't stop the music for the last like week or two but oh. then i was going through her songs yesterday uh -huh. and i was like first of all i was like wait this rihanna has way more songs than i thought she has she's got some amazing songs and then i forgot about uh, pone de replay i just was thinking that in my that's head that's another like, good song that would be a really good starting song everybody would go crazy yeah i mean us younger generation <laughs> would go crazy to start with an older song you're right so there is some um, Potential, or I hope she doesn't come out with that brand new song that not a lot of people really know because you gotta start. Oh yeah, you gotta start hyped. Either. And I also like to always try and guess who's gonna pop up as a guest appearance. Jay Z is my guess. Ooh, Jay Z's good. I thought maybe she'd bring out ASAP Rocky, but I'm also like trying to go back. Who was other. good right around that time with her too? What if she brought out DJ Khaled? That'd be fun. <laughs> like now I'm like Jim's like yeah what. 
whatever. But. Well, well, wild thoughts action. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, maybe I have something here. DJ Khaled. But, yeah, I am going to be at my mom's house. She has Super Bowl parties every year. We were talking about, you know, the menu. Everybody's always so excited. And um, AJ, one of my family members, suggested we do something for Philly and something for um, Casey and the very diehard fans that are Philly cheesecake and uh, Kansas City barbecue ribs yeah uh, I already said like let's just do some steak and cheese quesadillas or Philly cheesesteak for sure I'm like that's a fun random craving that I'm having so we'll do that we'll obviously have some pizza and wings but sometimes we like to just go rogue and be like let's just have a big pasta night or something I'm making two kinds of soup I think and I'm not having anybody over I'm not going anywhere I think uh, I'm not I I, Super Bowl Sunday should be Super Bowl Saturday. I have no interest in going to a party on Sunday <laughs> mm-hmm. night. I mean, you that know, maybe because you're getting old. No, I mean, even <laughs> in the younger days, I would go to the um, Super Bowl party and then at halftime, like leave or, or people come to. We would host a Super Bowl party and I'd say, okay, but guess what? At halftime, get out of my house. <laughs> like this is a first half Super Bowl party. They can get long, yeah. They can definitely be a long Sunday night. But for our dedicated diehard fans, they're like, this is it. And I would like to see the statistics of people that call into work on a Monday because of the Super Bowl. I feel like that would be well, a bigger number. Well, there talk about wanting to take the day, you know, making it a national holiday. But, again, That's just move the intense. game to Saturday. I don't know why, why you don't. There's no college football anymore on Saturdays. There's really nothing. Um, and But whatever. What do you do? It's Super Bowl Sunday. I I think if it wasn't called Super Bowl Sunday that they might be willing to do it, but the fact that it's Super Bowl Sunday, well, guess what? You do it for a few years, all of a sudden it's Super Bowl Saturday. Then you can have the big parties and everybody can stay till the game's over. Right. And, um, you know, Rihanna can do whatever song she wants. Can't wait. I'm in the same dilemma as Jim, actually, because I was thinking thinking about going up to my brother's house who lives in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. And then just like leaving leaving at 10 o'clock or whenever it ends. Is, is not ideal, but I think that's probably what I'll do. Yeah. Um, I got. I am at the point where, like I said, I'm going to make two kinds of soup. I love soup. Not like, you know, and I'll probably have some other stuff. Um, got to have some junk food too, though, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> and, then, um, and then I'm just going to sit there and watch it. <laughs> yeah. Watch good. all your bets win, right? From my big screen, nobody <laughs> around me. Uh, well, except for my wife and daughter will probably watch the first till Rihanna's done. Then they'll be, then they'll probably... <laughs> Go off, and I'll just be sitting there by myself. That sounds. I. I. We get into it. We have the squares. We do some betting. Um, we obviously everybody has some drinks, has some fun. This the halftime show comes on. We all turn it up as loud as we can, and the guys probably like disperse a little, and the girls are like dancing and loving awesome. it. You know, so we get into it, but it it does cause for a sleepy Monday. <laughs> but yeah, Super Bowl Sunday, it's here, people. Another hint towards spring, yep. in my opinion. Yeah, and then I used to always like when Super Bowl ended because then focus would shift to college basketball, right? Um, you know, in Syracuse but and the Masters. Well, the Masters is now. I guess inside, that's after college basketball. Inside, I'm going to the Masters this year. Oh, you are? Just oh, a I practice didn't know that. round. Yeah. Oh, wow. that's cool. Have you been before? No. That's exciting. Wow, that's Wednesday amazing. tickets. That's um, fun. So hope it doesn't rain. Get some good mm-hmm. footage for us, would you? Can't get footage. They don't let you oh, bring your cell phone. They don't let you bring your cell phone in. Oh, at all for the whole thing? Like or correct. Wow. Can only have it inside the uh, inside the cabin. Yeah, huh. check your uh, phone at the oh. gate. See, I don't like that. I get it, but I don't like it. That's a, it's one the only tournament of the year they do that though. So it kind of it's okay. rooted in tradition and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool. 
Beautiful. Well, I think that's all we had for sports. We covered a lot. There's a lot of local um, basketball going on tonight, like you said. And um, now we're going to transition into what's cooking. So we're going to keep you on, I guess, Nate, for this uh, segment. And you're going to learn about spicy lobster or cheddies. Now, this is totally decadent, totally gluttonous. Um, it was Friday night dinner last night. I was hungry. Um, decided to go a little extra, um, bought extra lobster meat, um, kind of an expensive dinner, I guess, in a way, but like I said, it was, um, it, it. it was awesome. The orchettis in like a bechamel sauce with mascarpone cheese and really decadent, um, with a lot of, like I say, the lobster meat, um, which I made spicy, did a little extra in the preparation and I guess we'll, I'll show it to you right now. Can't wait. Takes a little bit of a while here. Is, uh, there's the finished product up close. Um, so you got the lobster meat, the knuckles and claws, that, uh, and then some lobster tails here that I'm going to split and, and I'm already hungry. get ready to cook. So as you can see, I didn't skimp on the amount of lobster meat. Right. Um, I love lobster so much. Yeah, me too, me too. Um, so we get to work now on uh, what ultimately would be the thing that makes the spicy lobster spicy. So we've got some garlic and this serrano pepper, and I'm gonna also chop up a red, some red Fresno peppers. And then I have a, what's a, you know, like one of those spice grinders, uh, I guess it's called like a mocajete. Uh, Ooh. And so here, these dried oh. arbo chilies are really spicy. Throw them in there with some crushed red pepper, some salt which helps grind it up because it's so coarse, and then we start to get to work like this. And oh, this you're is, so fancy in the mocajete bowl. Yeah, well, I mean, this was uh, fun to be able to, so as you can see, really grind it down into a dust almost, and then we're going to throw in our garlic and those peppers that I cut, and we're going to start to macerate those down. Um, there's some fresh thyme and some more salt. The salt just act, as, acts as like a coarse thing that helps you know, my niece crush calls that stuff. princess salt because it's pink. Himalayan pink sea salt. Yeah, I love it. So now that's all mushed down. We get the uh, fresh basil and some lemon zest, and just continue to make this like paste, I guess you'd call it, of flavor and heat. Is this a recipe you are going off of, or no? Just kinda... I just I said this is what I'm going to do, and I did it. So more salt just to help again break everything down. I think that's what blows my mind the most is you putting all these different peppers and seasonings and things together and knowing that they're going to come out well you could do it a bunch of different ways yeah so now i take butter it's got to be cold if it's warm it's going to just you don't want it to turn to a liquid as you create the friction with the with the uh, stone there and then you just work and work and believe me your hand gets a little tired <laughs> after a while here this t takes a, a little bit um, but craft. you can see it really coming together now is this really spicy garlicky flavorful uh, butter hmm. and then into the bowl with the lobster and this is tough too because it is butter so it's not like it's tough to coat it all so you kind of got to work it in and let the you don't want huge clumps of butter so it takes a while then i eventually start using my hands and you can see finally now it's kind of marinating that lobster meat mm -hmm. and um and then I'm going to put it in the fridge, and eventually it's going to go out in the grill to be smoked, but not on the grill itself because I want it to sit in that butter when it melts, too. Um, a little lemon juice, and uh, that's finally ready. And now everything from this point starts to move a little bit quicker. 
It's crazy the opinions people have about lobsters. Some people are like, it's nothing, it's just blah, and then others are like mm, I obsessed. I don't know about that. Hey, I, George. <laughs> too spicy for George. He yeah, can't George have this. Yeah, George didn't have any of this. He did have some more chetty, I think. <laughs> but uh, So into the fridge, and now we get to work on the rest of the dish. So... Um, the orchetti is going to be super white. The lobster is kind of white too with a little red. So I want to make sure that there's some mm -hmm. color on the plate. So I put a little side dish together of uh, onions, peppers, and uh, broccolini, broccoletti. Ooh. I don't know what you call it, broccolini, broccoletti, but basically baby broccoli. Um, and so onions into the pan, a little crushed red pepper. Into the pan. Some ground uh, black pepper, now that the bell peppers are in there too. Just start cooking it down. And this is a trademark of my cooking, is I just like to sometimes make a nice saute of uh, different things to go on the side. Um, mushrooms a lot tonight, broccoletti. Uh, so there it goes. And that just is gonna kinda be ready for when we finish the dish. My stomach's growling. I don't know if you can hear that right now. I guess this is something that I want right now. Lobster. So now I take that lobster out of the fridge and I spread it around on this makeshift uh, aluminum foil pan um, to eventually go outside. And believe me, it was freezing out when I did this. And it was actually tough to, I had to turn the heat on the grill up higher than I normally would have just so it would stay at the heat I needed it at because mm -hmm. it was like five degrees out. Oh, wow. And uh, so there we go. We just set it on the. Oh, yeah. I thought you. this wasn't yesterday you made this. No, this is, God, yeah. no. This was last Friday night. Right. Got it. Saturday night. Friday, Saturday. I don't know. But Thanks there we go. Friday. So we leave it on there for about 20 minutes to smoke. The butter melts. It leaves all those peppers and spices behind. Um, and now we just boil our orichetti. And I love orichetti. It's Me one of my too. favorite kinds of pasta, especially for a. Uh, uh, white sauce like this that's going to have a little bit of cling to it so make a melt some butter a little all-purpose flour and just work it in i don't use a whisk i like this little rubber spoon though because that can break down any pieces of that mm -hmm. easily break down any clumps of the flour and so we just i guess you'd call it a roux <laughs> that we're making here see how it thickens up and yep and see how, like, when I move the pan through it, actually, or the spoon through the pan, it actually takes a while for the liquid to come back in. That's how you know it's about right. So then we add some light cream into the mix, little by little. Just keep stirring it, and it uh, really becomes a decadent thing. And nice. uh, definitely getting thicker. Yeah, it gets thicker, a little more cream. Just keep going. Interesting. And it's, you know, patience. Yeah, for sure. And this is what the orichetti is going to go into? Yes. It's, what, right now, this is a bechamel sauce, actually. It's not really Alfredo because there's not much cheese, any right. cheese in it, but this would be kind of how you'd make an Alfredo, too. But right now, it's just a pure bechamel. Uh, a little cinnamon and sugar into it because... A classic. I, nutmeg. Yep. Yep nutmeg and uh now it's almost got a little dessert quality almost to it i guess but still more savory than sweet didn't mm. really load it up with the cinnamon sugar just a touch and now fresh basil we're gonna end up putting fresh basil in that sauce too so we're just going to finely chop it yeah not too finely it's not like too fine so a little ground black pepper going into the sauce and then uh, now, this is something, oh. a little extra, mascarpone cheese. Huh. 
Uh, I don't know if you know what mascarpone cheese is. It's kind of like a light cream cheese yeah. with a little sweetness to it. So I just start working that into the sauce. And it's, oh, man, I mean, this this is not healthy. It's not health food. <laughs> um, but you said it, gluttonous. It's just absolutely delicious. And so now the basil in there, and that's like I could eat that as a soup. Right. And I would be happy. Dunk some breadsticks in that. That'd be good. So now I'm getting excited because it's almost time to eat. Right. So there goes the orchetti that's now cooked into the sauce, and we start mixing that around to make sure it's all coated. It's okay. It's good too to get a, let a little bit of the pasta water um, combine as well into the sauce when you put the pasta in. And uh, oh, mama mia, look at that! Is it a, is it the size or the shape of the pasta that makes it so much better? What is pecorino it? romano going on top? It's just the fact that they're the little. Uh, the little cup, little tiny little cup bowls. to hold yeah. a little extra, yeah, right, to hold a little extra of the sauce. Oh, that looks so good. Now let's check out the lobster. There we go. And again, this lobster was all like it was not. It was all ready cooked when I prepped it. So we're just mm. basically warming it up in, in the smoker. You can Getting see the flavor. butter's melted down and left behind a lot of the pepper pieces. Um, and now everything's good to go. So let's plate it. Time to eat. And uh, I make a, a serving that's three times the size of a normal serving. Nobody yeah. is upset with that. I eat it all, too. <laughs> so in the middle of the plate goes the orichetti. And now look at that. That's pretty, right? Yeah. White orichetti, green and red uh, side. And now the lobster placed that on top of the orichetti. Um, and I wasn't shy. A lot of lobster. Oh, look at that one. That yeah, claw. Yeah, that's nice. Dang. And then a little tiger sauce, of course, to just wow. finish it. And then a sprinkle a little crushed red pepper. Uh, I think I do. I think I, yep, there it is. A little crushed red pepper. And that's it. Time to eat. Beautiful. On the spicy scale, what are you rating it? Um, the lobster itself was probably a 7 out of 10 in spiciness. Ooh. But you want the orichettis so non-spicy rich and creamy. so when you put it together it doesn't really end up being sp too spicy for even someone who doesn't like spicy stuff what do you rate the overall dish nine out of ten whoa <laughs> it was great no i was really happy with that i mean i'm sad it's gone <laughs> yeah i i'm gonna say it a million times i'm sad that you do this i'm sad i have to be part of this because i have to watch it and then i don't get to eat it so it's kind of like you know well that was a week ago that that i know what does it, see, you hear my Yeah, stuff no, it was a week ago today, I think, or yeah. either Friday or Saturday. Ago. What's yeah. on the docket for this weekend besides the soups? Anything? Well, I think if you might remember that last week we were going to go to um, Osteria Salina, but because of the weather we ended up going to Sackett's Table, and mm -hmm. we did a review of our yep. time at Sackett's Table tonight, going to Osteria Salina. There you so go. we'll have that for you next week. And then Saturday... I am cooking, um, I don't know exactly what yet. I was thinking maybe of a paella, but I, I don't know. I wasn't really thrilled with the selection at Wegmans last night of seafood. So um, I'm going to wait and maybe go Saturday. Or actually, no, Whatever I'm going to Syracuse Saturday for the lacrosse game. So I don't know what's for dinner Saturday. Should but soup on Sunday nachos. for sure. Yeah, those nachos, yeah. Dome nachos, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, that was delicious to watch and now i'm going to be starving already at 10 o'clock in the morning maybe i'll have to go get lunch early but um just like that really it's time for us to go 
Yeah, um, it's Friday. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Hope you enjoy the Super Bowl. Hope your bets or your Super Bowl squares come in. Um, and again, a lot of uh, great uh, high school basketball on tap, including uh, Finger Lakes 1 will be live at the Aquinas Lions game. Is yep, that correct? Tomorrow, tomorrow at 5 o'clock at the community center. Myself and Paul Russo will be there. So you can on listen the, on Finger Lakes Radio yep. or check out the Lions uh, school YouTube channel. Correct, yep. Yep. So a real big game Five for, start. for Lions. They're, they're one of the best teams in the area. They don't play many teams of their caliber in league. So this is one of the handful of games that uh, where they'll really be tested and should be fun to watch. So 5 o'clock Saturday, kickoff for the Super Bowl, 6.30 Sunday, big sports weekend. And we'll be back here on Monday again. So thanks for joining us. Uh, until next Monday at 9 a.m., well, you can keep up with the latest news, weather, and sports on our homepage or app at fingerlakes1.com. Thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend.